2: and welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. This week, I continue to try and catch up on all the geeky things that have been kind of coming in my backlog, and so hopefully by the time people listen to this, Defender Season 2 hasn't come out already, <laughs> because so far, that's about the way that I'm running, that uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming out with things after they're kind of no longer relevant so just uh, chipping away at that right now but uh before we dive into the topic uh let's meet our cast for the week hailing from the frozen tundra of canada is a friend of mine that is uh, always great for a good star wars reference he loves watching things with sony chiba and that is my friend anthony how are you anthony
0: I am fantastic tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well
2: as well. So, people, of course, listening to this can't see your avatar, but uh, you have a Skeletor avatar. Sure do. Which created a, a some discussion beforehand. So, uh, just out of curiosity, is, is Skeletor one of your favorite characters?
0: Oh, of course. He's just fantastic.
2: Hmm. Have you seen the um the video that's been circulating on Facebook recently with uh He-Man and Skeletor doing uh one of the dances from Dirty Dancing?
0: Uh, I have not seen that.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's live action too, it's not animated.
0: You know, until this moment I thought my life was complete, but I guess not.
2: <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. It shouldn't be too hard, and I'll send it to you after. This. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>
0: But, uh, so what's, uh, been going on since the last time you were on? Um, not really a whole lot, aside from working, kids.
2: No, I, I hear ya.
0: <laughs> the extremely exciting life I live.
2: I had a day today that was incredibly chaotic and was just running around with the kids and Oh, shopping and...
0: Speaking of running around with the kids, I went out a few nights ago with some people from work who were mm-hmm. like, you know, 10 or so years younger than I am. Ah. And let me tell you, it felt like I was running around with children.
2: <laughs> well, at least it didn't make you feel like you were ancient, because that's the feeling um, that I can... <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Because <laughs> that's the thing that I have when it's like, uh, because you know, y- you're on, uh... Game facts, also, you know, with some of the guys, you know, on there, you know, that we talk to, and, you know, when it's, like, you find out that, you know, even though they're talking about, like, NES games and stuff, that they're 10, 15 years younger than us, and the things that they, how they relate to things, it's just like, oh, you know, I'm... <laughs> oh, cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just makes me feel like I'm a really old man now, so... <laughs> yeah. Thanks, kids. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, I, I hear you there, too oh yeah (laughs) anyway all right well it's good to have you back anthony thank you and uh next up is a man that if you've been listening to the 42 cast you know his voice very well it seems like he's on just about every episode because we just can't get him to leave and that is my nemesis mr ryan guthrie how are you doing ryan
3: uh you know we are are drying out from harvey here in houston uh just in time to watch, you know, everyone in Florida, you know, get wet. I guess they have to one up on everything. It's getting annoying. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's what it's Texas all about, a Ryan. Crazy state. Sometimes you know? <laughs> Florida doesn't always have to be the one.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's all about one upmanship, Ryan. They just wanted to have that hurricane. So. Exactly what it is. You know? <laughs> but uh, from what I understand, you at least personally didn't get the worst of it from Harvey.
3: No, we, we we made it uh, high and dry and, um, I mean, thankfully I was able to watch the Game of Thrones season finale It would have, if I hadn't seen that it would have gotten real <laughs> I'm glad your
2: priorities are straight yeah. on that <laughs> When I found out the hurricane was hitting Houston, I wanted to make sure that you know you were you know alive and you had access to food and water and everything. And it's like, oh no, it's Game of Thrones. That's the important yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: uh, Ryan, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You're leaving. He's he's going to taking the Iron Fleet away. Of course. I'm, why wouldn't I be fine about that? Okay, he's you're the
0: coward. <laughs> Just reschedule the storm. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know the I know the big crisis for you, Ryan, was having to cancel going to
3: DragonCon. Oh, uh, that one hurt. Yeah, it's, my badge collection is never going to be the same. But it, to all credit to DragonCon and Marriott and Delta and everyone else, they all did right by us yep. uh, with you know prices and everything and tickets. Good. So shout out to them! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know there was a little question about that earlier, so I'm glad that, that all got resolved. Eh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs>
2: so so otherwise everything going okay
3: yeah everything's uh going good um just doing this now and taping orville in the background and we'll see how that goes you know
2: (laughs) yeah weird thing about the orville here locally it's playing at 11 o'clock and i don't know why everywhere else it's i think eight o'clock central but it's 11 o'clock in the local wisconsin market for some reason Hmm.
3: (laughs) they don't like uh, Seth MacFarlane
2: they could well be I don't know but I'm guessing something's preempted it but um, yeah that's so yeah I'll probably watch that I'm not sure I'll watch it tonight but at some point (laughs) I'm morbidly curious but that'll be a whole other podcast sometime yeah it's good to have you back 2019 (laughs) 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 it's good to have you back right thank you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> next up is a friend of mine going back many years uh she is a cosplayer she is a mom she is someone that i talk to about anime and that is my ohime sama angie how are you doing angie
1: good thanks for having me
2: hey no problem and so how are things going with you since the last time you were on
1: Pretty good. Uh, our Solid Comic Con's coming up in about two weeks, so normally I would be holed up in my craft room, but since I don't have an, uh, I don't have a craft room for, like, another three weeks, um, I've mostly just been playing Diablo. <laughs> okay. Um
2: okay. So, you're just about to move into your new home?
1: Yeah, it should be done here within the month, we hope.
2: Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah. Get out of this basement.
2: Right. <laughs> oh, good, good. So, are you still being the creepiest creeper?
1: I am. I am. That's, that's my MO. <laughs> I,
2: I just got finished editing the Iron Fist podcast. <laughs> it's it's fresh on my mind.
1: <laughs> oh, excellent.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I am moving forward with our um our ghetto cosplay for this convention. So we're gonna have my fourteen month old is gonna be Danny Rand.
3: <laughs> wow, probably just <laughs> as effective too. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, still a better choice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's
2: save it for the podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so, and so, what what are you going to be?
1: I'm going to be Jessica Jones.
2: Oh, okay. And what is Chris?
1: He's going to be Matt Murdock.
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> so, so three fourths of the defenders. My
1: options are limited.
2: Do you have a friend coming along as Luke Cage?
1: No, uh, we live in Utah, so there's. <laughs> <laughs> I say it, but there's three black people in the whole state. Oh,
2: that's funny.
3: Oh, okay. That's cool I
1: would be friends with them if they were here.
3: You need to just print I, out like a life-size poster and take that along with you. I
1: oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: think
1: Kinkos would do that. <laughs> of course
4: wow. they would. It's not weird at all. <laughs> you live in Utah—that's the best answer to a to a Luke
2: Cage cosplay I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh man it's always interesting to hear you talk about utah angie
1: (laughs) it's beautiful here
2: oh yeah no i know and you always say it's the geekiest state in the union too so you know
1: well salt lake is the geekiest city i don't know about the geekiest state oh okay i've lived here a long time but i couldn't tell you like more than a dozen cities outside of salt lake to be honest
2: Mm. but it's good to have you back thanks you're welcome and finally rounding out our cast it, it he is a gentleman among nerds he is a man that absolutely loves apes he's thought way more about raiders of the lost ark than probably anyone in the audience and that is my buddy mr mark finn how are you doing mark i am not unwell thank you so much for having me back hey no problem did you
1: say he loves apes
2: he loves apes
4: yes I mean, I I don't, okay. I I love apes,
2: but I don't love apes. (laughs) He and I had a whole conversation about Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Yep.
0: (laughs) Okay.
4: I just wondered about the context. Yeah. This goes on the same arm of guy interests as the Three Stooges (laughs) and uh, shows about tanks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's a whole there's a whole franchise for it, Angie. <laughs>
4: I have a yeah, that's that's true. In fact, uh, the planet is uh all about the apes. You should uh this is my axiom and and it's not original and I don't know if I actually came up with it or not, but this is this I I'm calling it Finn's uh monkey corollary. There is no movie which cannot be made better by the judicious application of a man in a gorilla suit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, like, Conan the ape Arian?
4: You know, if he was fighting the guy in a gorilla suit, that'd be thack, which means we're getting rogues in the house. So, yes, that would be amazing.
2: I like where this is going. So, so so you would argue that Conan the Destroyer is a good movie because he fights a man in an ape suit in it.
4: You know, the problem with that is is that the rest of the movie... I, I think it's where it's at because of the of the ape suit. If that ape suit was missing, that, that movie would have been abysmal.
3: Mm. direct i think
4: the apes i i I think this i think the ape suit brings it up to the level of Okay.
2: so 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 you see deep thoughts about apes and and other things so uh... that's me i'm a thinker (laughs) (laughs) so um how have you been doing mark uh, great! Uh,
4: my wife Kathy and I just closed a production uh, of a of a play called "Sexy Laundry" that we performed uh, for the Backdoor Theater in Wichita Falls. Uh, and uh, in it, we play a married couple uh, who has checked into a hotel for the weekend—a very very expensive hotel—with a copy of "Sex for Dummies," intending to spice things up. And uh, it's a great kind of slice of life play. Uh, we had to play a little bit older than we are. To, to do it but uh I, it it went really well and we had a great time with it it was but it was a, it was a colossal time sink it was a lot of work because it's a two-person play mm-hmm. and so it's us on stage of uh, the whole time
2: and how long is it uh it was
4: a dinner theater two acts so you know um you know about, about uh hour and not quite an hour and a half when, when all acts were together
2: yeah that's still a lot for a two-hander
4: it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh but uh, but it was it was really great and and we're actually if we hadn't been so busy this weekend with the premiere of Stephen King's It, which is going to date this podcast. I uh we we we're, we're missing the play. This is the first weekend that we haven't been on the play. So we're, mm. we, we she's been throwing me lines all weekend intending me to like say them back and I'm like I'm not going to do it. It's just going <laughs> to make me sad. I just please let's just not go down this road, you know. So.
3: Well, out of curiosity, how could the play be improved by a man in an ape suit?
4: <laughs> oh, I think I think if you put both of us – well, so, okay, first of all, it doesn't always work for plays. But if you put both of us in gorilla suits and we just did it straight, this would have been
0: the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it could have had a uh, copy of Sex for Apes. Yeah.
2: There.
4: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: You know. <laughs> so uh, do do you do this often, Mark? Uh, dress up like in an ape suit no, no i mean i <laughs> oh, mean perform oh, place yes act yes
4: you know uh for the last few years I, I kathy is the actor in the family she's done a lot of productions uh and uh, we used to be active in austin uh with my uh with a old-time radio troupe that i was the creative director of called the violet crown radio players we haven't done as much since we've been here in north texas but the last few years, we've gotten back into it. And so um, kind of by dumb luck or happy accident, I've been in a production of some kind for the last five years, at least one once a year hmm. for the last five or six years. So, yeah.
2: Nice. So it isn't like something like you're already working on the next play, but it's something that you do fairly regularly.
4: No, but uh, uh, Kathy's always looking for the next thing. Uh, she, she did two last year, and so you know, she's always looking for stuff to do and I'm actually exploring writing a play. I've done radio scripts, but I've not done, um, an actual stage play. And so that is on my short term to do list.
2: Cool. Yeah. That is really neat. So, so you are writer actor, <laughs> um, bon, a,
4: bon vivant, yeah, and bon Tour, vivant, yes, there do well, earth rooster. I prefer to think of myself as an earth rooster rather than a Scorpio. Okay. Yeah,
2: so there you go. (laughs) All right, awesome, awesome. Uh, Well, it's good to have you back, Mark. Thanks, brother. All right, so I know this is going to disappoint the audience, but this week we are not going to do five questions because I think this podcast, since it kind of encapsulates all of the Netflix series, is going to be big enough on its own. So, before we go on to the topic, we are just going to pause for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast.
4: You ever been curious about the real or fictional worlds?
2: In the beginning,
3: there were laser Laser kings and giant robots. robots.
4: Those who you
3: I'm going to feed you to this tentacle monster (laughs) now. (laughs) No.
0: Or what inspires
4: and uh, I remember being in my room with my brother, and we immediately, like within five seconds, he decided he was a DC fan, and I decided I was a Marvel fan. <laughs> and we were going through and sorting out all of the comics.
0: And you might enjoy Huey Tigers, the only podcast show where we take life by the tail.
4: Now available on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes, and of course your
0: favorite podcasting app. This is Hubie uh, Digress.
2: we're back. And this week, as I alluded to in the beginning, we are going to talk about The Defenders, the uh, Netflix series, not the comic book, because they are two completely and totally different things. But the first thing that I think that I want to get from everyone is just a quick poll of, with the four individual series that we got before Netflix, how do you rank those? Just, just a few sentences on each one's so don't don't go into a, a really deep dive on it. But uh let's go Ryan, then Angie, then Anthony, then Mark.
3: Okay. Well, as I was watching it, I, I had this question in mind because that's what I wanted to do. And it didn't blow me away. So I would guess if I had to rank all the Marvel Netflix shows, right now, it's the first season of Daredevil is still by far and away the front runner. And then uh, I go back and forth between Jessica Jones and Luke Cage for second place. Mm-hmm. And then I'll throw Defenders in there, I guess, for fourth or you know, fourth place. And um, then, then Daredevil season two and then Iron Fist. But I, it just it it didn't it was good. It's enjoyable, but it just didn't it didn't merit what I would call it didn't merit that same sort of devotion that Avengers did say with its component movies.
1: OK, Um. let's see. I would go probably Jessica Jones, then Daredevil one. I don't. Can I use Daredevil as a like, complete whole? Can I just put Daredevil? As yeah, two? yeah. If you felt
2: like season one, season two were basically the same, then yeah, there's no reason to break it up.
1: Then I'd go Defenders, then Luke. Cage. Uh, the first half of Luke Cage was really great. So let's do Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Defenders. Iron Fist.
0: Okay, Anthony. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Defenders, not even going to rank Iron Fist. <laughs>
3: <laughs> because it had no apes.
0: <laughs> you know, that would have been made better by apes.
3: <laughs> well, I, first
4: of all, I, I'm going to go ahead and plug uh, this. I actually wrote an, an article uh, on my uh, bl- on my blog called Defending the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, cribbing from that... Uh, Mark, the aging hipster at Blogspot is where you can get me. Uh, but uh, so I, in order of preference, uh, Luke Cage, Daredevil season one, Jessica Jones, Daredevil season two and Iron Fist. And I need, and and, but just because Iron Fist is last doesn't mean I'm completely throwing it under the bus. I think it's got some, I think it's got real problems, but I don't think it was as bad as people say it was. I think it just wasn't what people wanted it to be.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that with Iron Fist, Mark.
4: Yeah, and uh, it it was—I think it was. Moreover, I think it was sort of a weird choice that that this guy was going to be our POV character into uh, what's going to be, I guess, the second iteration of the Marvel Netflix shows Mm -hmm. uh, based on the ending of the Defenders. But I think it was worth suffering through all of it because it looks like in that second iteration, we're going to get what we all think of as iron fist. I did. I didn't have a problem with Finn Jones. I really didn't. Uh, I just thought he was hamstrung by a terrible, uh, Mm showrunner and that guy needs to go away and and be somewhere else. So there it is.
2: Yeah. For me, I mean, I'm the same way where I see, uh, you know, even though I ranked Luke or Iron Fist last, it, I don't think it was completely awful and irredeemable, and I think that people are ragging on it a little too much. I don't think it was as polished as some of the other shows, and as I mentioned in the podcast that we did about it, it feels like it was rushed to hit a date rather than waiting for it to get that sort of polished thing. It, se- it seemed like with with a lot of the continuity errors and things like that, that just seemed like you know that they didn't really have the time uh that they should have had so uh for Mm -hmm. me the ranking is luke cage then daredevil for me the two seasons like with angie are are fairly equivalent um and then uh jessica jones then iron fist but yeah so that brings us to the defenders um which is sort of the avengers ish you know, thing in that, just like with that Avengers did with the movies, we're taking the storylines from each of the characters and treating them as if they're, you know, this is sort of a sequel to all the shows. Just like Avengers, like you could see Avengers right. and look at it as Iron Man 3 or Thor 2 or Captain America 2 because all the through lines from their individual stories tied up in there. And Defenders is doing pretty much the same thing. So how well do we think that it did at doing that? i you know
4: actually i I really liked it uh it, it worked for me uh, mostly because I was able to i had recently rewatched Daredevil one and two mm-hmm. and uh i it was it was sort of by accident, but uh I watched Daredevil One and two waiting for Iron Fist to drop, and so I got a much stronger sense of hand continuity from you, you know what I'm saying from those yeah. three shows you know the hand is really absent in jessica jones and luke cage and so um so rolling into the defenders and, and and this was this was another thing that i think works really well you know we talk about the 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 scaling scope for for marvel's series you know in, in daredevil they, they mentioned the incident right in mm-hmm. new york the, the incident you know but but we never really see chitauri weaponry or anything like that we, or or whatever we just know that they've been impacted by it And so, it was always going to be that the Netflix shows were about the street-level guys. And when you're a street-level person and you work at a bank, uh, if that bank blows up, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a huge problem. And I think uh, Luke Cage and The Defenders probably were the best at detailing, and Jessica Jones, too, to to a degree, just how impactful the actions of bad guys are. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, yeah, they were taking over a building uh in, in the Defenders and that doesn't seem as epic as it should be, but it it, it kind of is, you know? They yeah. they they they'd, they'd secured they they using Fisk as their real estate flunky, they'd locked up a a city block in New York City and were taking over the drug trade and the whole thing was to finance this operation of of tunneling down into the earth so that they could basically cut out the infrastructure of New York and if it collapses, oh, well we got we got our dragon bones. That right. <laughs> you know, that's that's Fu Manchu level villainy right there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I thought I thought that worked really well for me, anyways. I, 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 I liked that it was um, that it was a manageable goal for these four. It was it was probably too much for any one of them, but for the four of them, it was it was exactly what they could do so anyways that's me
2: the one thing i will say you know you're talking about watching daredevil just beforehand is that i was really hoping that at the end when we have danny on the rooftop you know sort of sitting and he's thinking about what matt told him that he's got to look out for the city now the empire state building is right in front of him i really wanted the perspective to switch to inside the empire state building and fisk has just gotten out of jail and is staring out at the city from the empire state building you know onto the onto the city and i thought that would have been great thing to do but uh obviously it didn't happen that would have been cool that, that would have been a great way to tie it back to daredevil but anyway <laughs> so about anybody else i mean uh ryan what did you think about how they tied it all together
3: i enjoyed it don't get me wrong uh, and i i the characters with the possible exception of iron fist which you know go listen to that podcast <laughs> It was a joy to see them again and to be back in their world, and the connections, because we'd watched their series, seeing how they finally blended together was fun. Mm. But I still feel, if you want to compare it to the Avengers, I feel like, and maybe I don't want to give Josh Whedon too much credit, but... um and the avengers seemed to be more than the sum of their parts it, it was hulk and thor and captain america but it was more than just that with the defenders I, I didn't get that vibe i mean it was it was daredevil and luke cage and jessica jones and and iron fist but it never felt like it was
2: more than that you know well but here's the thing neither of these guys is team players in the way that the avengers are
3: no, in the first Avengers movie, the, the, half the movie, they spent um, fighting and you know, bickering amongst themselves, just like they did in the Defenders.
4: A standard, a st- a a standard trope. Marvel trope. That is, a, yeah. that is straight out of the Marvel Comics uh, Silver Age and Bronze Age playbook. Uh, yeah. The heroes have always got to fight and bicker before they decide to team up.
2: Right, and, and what happened? In Avengers, Coulson died to bring them all together, and in this, Stick dies. And that's when they band together.
3: No, they banded together before Stick died. Well,
2: but I mean, to really, like, go on their final mission, just like with the no, Avengers.
3: <laughs> I disagree with that. I mean, Stick's dying, I don't think, had anything to do with their continuing on. It's not like suddenly, with the possible exception of Matt, it, Stick's death didn't really motivate any of them. None of them really knew him or had any.
2: Well, yeah, but it was the fact that, this, that somebody had come in and defeated all of them and took Danny and then killed Stick.
3: You know, so they all kind of came together after that. I would argue they came together over the dim sum, or they came together over just ragging <laughs> on Danny more than anything.
2: Well, and that I, that was beautiful. I mean, the character <laughs> interaction That's is... The, power. <laughs> yeah. The character interaction to me is the highlight of the show.
3: But, uh, I mean, the last thing I would say on it is, I just felt that while the hand, it did redeem the hand uh, to some degree, You, I guess I was expecting Claire to be what brought them all together not the hand it felt luke cage and uh, jessica jones just felt a little shoehorned in there um i think with 10 more minutes of thought they could have found a way just to incorporate you know um something to do with mariah to bring luke cage into it in such a way and i don't know maybe something to do with jessica's origin story just just in a way that it felt like their purpose was there more than just defending new york city which is a good and noble purpose but didn't really feel like they had skin in the game
4: ah well we'll talk about let let everybody else jump in and then i'm gonna i want to come back to skin in the game i have i have a point to make about that
1: I, you and i are usually on the same page but i just disagree so completely with you One of the things that I thought was most impressive about the Defenders was the care with which they showed these different worlds colliding. And I got the, unlike in in Avengers, where everybody kind of was a, a solid group by the end, this feels like a beginning. It feels like they're not done yet. Everybody's running into each other and meeting and they don't really trust each other. But it's not just the characters that are meeting, it's their entire supporting casts and their Mm. neighborhoods their worlds are all colliding and it just takes time they're just not there yet but the beginnings are there um and i thought that was really well done
2: i did like that fact that as a tv show they have more time to do that with actually having the supporting casts you know interact with each other so you get misty and colleen together and oh dear god please give me a spinoff show with them but anyway um (laughs) but you know you get all those different interactions that happen you get like trish and karen talking and you get all these different character interactions yeah and foggy's in there and so
1: we refer to her as vampire jessica at our house which gets real confusing when jessica jones is also in the mix
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm always happy when jerry shows up also so you know you get all those you get all of that sort of mixed in there so yeah i I did like that because yeah the movies because of the economy of space and I mean, my god, I think of Infinity War and, like, the 60-something <laughs> characters they're going to have in there. It's like, all the side characters, it's like, you, you don't get any time, you know? <laughs> There's just no way to shoehorn you in, you know? So, um, yeah, that that I think was a strength.
0: You know, I, I I liked it, overall. It wasn't... I don't know. I wouldn't place it high up on my list, but I did like it. I like how how they show the characters. You know, you have your two reluctant heroes. You have Luke Cage, who wants to do the right thing, and then you have... Danny Rand knocking on everyone's door to tell him he's the Iron Fist. (laughs) The Immortal Iron Fist, sworn enemy of the hand and defender of Kun Lun. Yeah, I'm kinda surprised he didn't have no business cards.
2: (laughs) That's gonna be season two. He's gonna have business cards. Oh man. Yeah. No, I mean Yeah, the thing about Danny and the thing that I got even from the advertisements was that Danny was going to be the optimist. And you need at least somebody in the team that wants to be a team player. Because Matt was reluctant. He didn't even want to be Daredevil anymore. You know, Jessica wasn't sure how much. I mean, she's she's not even being a private investigator when we first drop in on her. And it's just her curiosity about everything just sort of takes over. She's reluctant. Luke just wants to help one family. You know, Danny's the one that has to be there to be like, guys, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to do this, guys, you know. And again, like I found him with Iron Fist, I find his naivete a little charming. But yeah, it. it,
0: I mean, and it if was, you want to call it charming, <laughs> in small doses. I mean, yeah. if you've played the Ocarina of Time, he's basically navi, right? But the fact that he wants
2: to tell everyone in existence that he's the immortal Iron Fist, you know, hey, hey, sworn in the other Hey,
0: Hey, hey, listen, listen, hey, listen, <laughs>
2: <laughs> guys, guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but you needed that, I think, to to meld them all
0: together. Oh, you needed it, but.
4: These four four series, these four individual series are all Naval Gaze series. I mean, it's all these people dealing with their personal demons. Mm -hmm. And for the arc that they were on, the Defenders basically is a reminder for them that they are needed. You know, and I think it's I think it's important at the beginning, I, th- I think they all do have skin in the game. That's the deal is they've got skin in the game in the in the form of uh, Jessica's trying to clear this case out of guilt. You know, Luke's trying to help this one family with a troubled kid and, and, and keep them on the straight and narrow. Matt is trying to keep from beating the hell out of people. So he's going to take <laughs> these side jobs and and Danny and Colleen are basically, you know, spinning in the wind. So you know they don't—they're directionless—and so I think it's important. I, I think there is enough skin absolutely in the game to get them there. And, uh, the series makes a good point. Uh, the the Marvel movies have always done, I think, a better job, and 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 the the shows now too. As soon as it, as soon as, as soon as they find out there's a bomb in the building, all right, clear the area, get everybody back, all non-essential personnel behind the barricades. You know, they've made it very. Clear that people are are being hurt and injured. I mean, that was a big deal for Luke. You know, he didn't. Uh, yeah. He he did want people to be hurt and injured. Jessica felt very responsible for what happened uh, with Kilgrave, and and her whole or her whole season was about dealing with uh, this guy. You know, and and that's a terrifying thing. And they did a really good job of of showcasing just how dangerous mind control could actually be. Mm-hmm. You know, to people that don't have any powers. And so um, I there think there personal I, consequences. For their yeah, options. there's huge personal consequences, and 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 not only that, but 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 real like fallout afterwards. You know, for the and so I, I think I think all those shows have done a, an excellent job of of bringing that together. And again, we we I, at this point I'm basically dealing with Iron Fist along the lines of well, let's talk about what they intended to do because clearly they didn't it didn't work mm-hmm. the way that they had it. But at least he had a mission and a goal. And I can't, uh, Jeff Loeb is driving this bus. He's a smart guy. He's been involved in these media projects for a long, long time. And I can't believe that he is not chugging forward towards Heroes for Hire and Nightwing investigations. So, you know, I'm going to let Defenders be the course correction for Danny Rand. Everybody else, what it really did was it essentially set them back on their path. Luke realizes that, yeah, you can keep up with Harlem, but you really have a responsibility to step up when anybody is hurt. Jessica Jones realizes, oh, you know, I, yeah, I, I need, I need to get my head back in this. You know, sitting around on the sidelines isn't helping people. And the only way I can feel better about myself is to help other people. Matt is going to start Born Again, one of the best daredevil stories of all time, because that's how uh, he's ended up. Mm-hmm. And Iron oh, yeah. Fist hopefully, is getting to the point where he's essentially the character from Marvel Premiere or, you know, the 70s Iron Fist. I mean, you know, well, Iron Fist works better without all that uh, that story getting in the way. And yes. especially since it's, a, since it's a muddy story. I think we just need to let him be a street-level Avenger uh, kicking people in the face for a while until I they can sort out how they want to handle Kunlun.
3: To push back, I don't think anyone's arguing that... Um- that what brought them together—that they didn't have a reason to be together in the beginning. But defenders, it felt like Daredevil season three, Iron Fist season two, and at best Luke Cage season one point five and Jessica Jones season one point five. It just—it was they were yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, it, but yeah, it just yeah. The
4: first point. two, the first two seasons, the first two, the, the first two episodes were very much dealing. It's the codas from everybody's series, right? I mean, it—they it, made it very clear. That this was all the tacked on stuff that we, you know, didn't want to put into the series for whatever reason. And I think part of the problem that we're running into is this should have never been called The Defenders. Yes. I don't know why they didn't call it Marvel Knights with the K. I don't know why, because that's what it is, you know? But, they, but for some strange reason they they, they they wanted to use, I guess, to establish the the copyright in terms of a uh, television series uh, for the Defenders. So, okay, we'll call the Defenders.
2: I think it's because it's a team name that's not going to be used in the movies. They know they're never going to do a movie called the Defenders and like, crap, what's a team that we own the rights to? The Defenders. Okay, even though that's Doctor Strange and Namor and the Hulk and a bunch of, you know, we, it, we'll just call these guys the Defenders because we own the name. Yeah,
4: I, I I don't think it was ever supposed to be anything other than an event to wrap up everybody's storylines and, and move everybody into the next phase of the Netflix shows. I mean, I, I, to me, that's what it felt like. And, and you know, I may be I may be off on that, uh, Nathan, but I don't know. We'll see. And Ryan, I, you know, you were I think I don't think we're disagreeing here. I just feel like maybe uh, I never saw it as the formation of a team that's going to go forward. I don't, we may not get another defenders movie, or if we do, it'll have to be a, a, a singular event. I, I could see these people crossing over in ones and twos, but it would almost have to be like a five burrows thing to get them to come together again. Well, you know,
3: I, I, can, so, I can, I can very mean, much see with At the very least we've established that even if Jessica Jones season two doesn't have Matt Murdoch in an episode, it might have foggy. You know, we've, now that we've established that they are all in each other's world, even if we don't see the primaries in each other's series, we can see the others cross over. And that that would be pretty awesome. That's that's what I've always enjoyed about it. Well, here's
2: the thing, though. Luke Cage, though, is kind of almost a centerpiece for this because he's got a relationship with Jessica. I (laughs) hope they develop the relationship with Danny because Power Man and Iron Fist, I'm telling you, is one of the great... I've been rereading Power Man and Iron Fist over the last, like, I don't know, six months or so. It's good. I know, it's good stuff. It is excellent. I mean, and it is a commentary on... You know, uh, all so many things that deal with even modern. I mean, it's still it's still applicable today.
3: I thought you were gonna say that Luke uh, like served more coffee than Starbucks or something like that. <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> but I am just saying though that Luke Luke is a character that could very easily go into those, you know, go into those worlds. And and Danny, the only reason Danny felt more connected in Defenders is because they tacked on the hand into his backstory, which in the comics Iron Fist doesn't really have. Anything to do with the hand as far as his origin, but uh, you know, Matt seems to be the odd man out because Luke is a is a connection to the other two, but Matt's almost the odd man out in that group. But what I would like to see most of all, like what Mark said, I don't need a defender season two. I would like to see heroes for hire. Yeah,
1: I think they're yeah. heading that way. I think they're heading. I think way so way. too. Just right. based on the fight choreography. If you notice, Danny and Luke immediately start growing up in mm-hmm. it's They're playing on each other constantly. Um, It seems like they're they're going out of their way to make sure that we know they're going to be bros.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the thing with Luke standing as the guy is firing the the gun and, and Danny's behind him and then he jumps out, that is classic Power Man and Iron Fist right there. That is the tag team. Because Luke is the, you know, it's the old adage about the, uh, unmovable object and the irresistible force, you know, Danny's the irresistible force and Luke's the unmovable object. And so they, they work really well together doing stuff like that. And I was squeeing, you know, watching <laughs> <Yeah>. that scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: no, Angie, Angie, I think, Angie, I think you're spot on. And they, they made a point of highlighting those conversations between them mm-hmm. to show that they're their their hearts are both in the right place, but they're coming at, at the problem from totally different sides of the globe almost. And so uh one one of the things that would make that series so good is having them have to work that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, and and and, and oh uh I, I wondered why we were spending so much time with Rand Industries and until I realized that this was going to be the uh stand in for Stark. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. Uh, that's how Misty gets her arm back. Yeah, because in the
2: comics, it's Stark that gives her the bionic arm.
4: So right, and and, and I thought maybe I thought maybe we were going to get a Shield crossover at some point. Coulson was going to show up when when things go you know pear shaped in New York City, uh, and then you know. He takes Misty under his, you know, tutelage and says, "Hey, I got a hand. Uh, how about a whole arm, you know, or something like that?" But, but so Danny Danny Rand's going to do it. So, all right, cool, whatever. We're, but, but yeah, there's
3: yeah, he's getting the RC cola of arms.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> The other side, though, of where I think they're going, why I think they're going for heroes for hire, is that Claire kept on harping on Luke that he needs to find a job of some kind, and yes, I think that's so. where that's going to come in. Is that they might even do like what the comics did is Luke, it's Luke Cage, hero for hire, before he teams up with Danny, and it becomes heroes for hire. So uh, season mm-hmm. two of Luke Cage might have him take that on and and start being like the you know, I mean, you have Out that of the barbershop. Car- Yeah, you know, you have that character. The barbershop becomes Nightwing Investigations. (laughs) You you have that character in all, like, the old TV shows. Like, the guy who, you know, you pay him to help you out, but if it's, like, a good cause, he ends up not taking the money, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. It's like, you know, Westerns have a lot of those kinds of characters. The A-Team. Right, yeah, the A-Team's another great example of that. You know, they they take the the money enough times so it justifies the fact that they, you know, they have expenses, but usually they end up saying, ah, no fee, you know kind of thing so yeah i i I see that coming and i
0: will love every second of it (laughs) i guess
3: one where they can't
0: put gas in the van because they never (laughs) take money
3: well you see but an updated version it'd be like heroes for hire uh they'd be crowdsourced they'd have a you know gofundme or patreons or something like that Mm yep they could, vary. Well, it could I, very well they could working for likes on
2: facebook the,
4: the one thing about them the the thing that really just kind of blew me away as as a sort of a weird note was how hard they tried to to get colleen wing and misty knight together mm, yeah well, I, I think the problem. I, I think they they spent such a hard a uh, long time trying to. It, it feels like that that initial encounter was really forced. You know, mm. uh, I don't know who you are, but you've walked into the police station, cut up. The guy that I slept with said to trust you, so here's your sword back.
0: <laughs> what? police right. yes. procedure at its finest? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
4: it it, it, it it had all the notes uh, of like what well, we really need to get these two people to like each other. I know. Give her the sword. (laughs) And and, I mean, I I think, and maybe maybe that's me projecting. I I thought that them teaming up, I think her running in, like disobeying orders and running in and saving Claire and getting involved in the fight was good and maybe was enough, you know, but whatever. Uh, I'm I'm glad it all panned out the way it did. And Angie, like you, I think uh, they're telegraphing their punches here and are going to. I think I think what comes next is going to be actually really good uh, in terms of, um, well, how about this? It can't get any worse for Danny. So, <laughs> <you> know, so
3: <laughs>
4: surely season two is going to be better, right? I mean, just because. I don't
3: know. Depends if there's a costume involved. <laughs> I, I,
2: I, you know, I want to see the costume, right? <laughs> oh yes,
4: I, I want to see the costume too. But I, but it's going to have to. It's they're going to have to be really careful with it. They've done, so,
2: <laughs> they've done such a
4: good job, like across the board, of realizing this stuff.
1: I, um, I, I, I disagree I, specifically with Elektra in in Defenders, but oh, you didn't like Elektra's costume? It looked like she walked out of a hot topic. <laughs> I, she <walked> <laughs> I, like that. I i hate that outfit i don't know what they were thinking they should have just left her wrapped up in red ribbons
4: well I, yeah the the red ribbon thing is is pretty classic that's true but by and large they've thought it all through and i and i think i love the fact that we got 15 seconds of luke cage in in his classic attire yeah at oh, which point he yes. said i was a damn that fool was <laughs> I,
0: best and, things and,
4: and he was it. right. It, it looked. It, it would have. It does not play. Uh, so uh, I, I want him. I want to. I want Rand in a costume. But I really want them to, you know, <laughs> keep it. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what form that would take. To, to but it so but can't have a high collar.
3: <laughs> they got Daredevil <laughs> into a costume that worked. Yeah. So it's doable. Yeah.
2: But I love the comments in Defenders from Jessica about it. <laughs> nice ears. You know? The bandana works better. <laughs> or the scarf. Yeah, the scarf works yeah. better. <laughs> so. it, it,
4: occurs to me, it occurs to me that, I, the, of course, we saw the little shaky video footage in the Iron Fist show mm-hmm. of the guy with the Zorro-style mask. But the fact that when he meets Matt, for the first time, he's got that kind of mask on. I thought was pretty interesting, and mm-hmm. it, it may be something that leads us to Danny's choice of a mask for you know for what he wants to do. So so you know we'll see. Uh, but but I just I, at at this point even uh, even the even the 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 myth steps for for the Netflix shows have been have been forgivable. You know yeah, I've I've said this more than once. But if you took Iron Fist as is as as we got it. Throw it back ten years to before the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all this other stuff. First of all, people would be like, "Iron, you're doing a <laughs> Iron Fist? Surely you mean Iron Man? No, you mean Iron Fist? Really? You're doing you doing Iron Fist? Wait a minute, Danny Rand, mm-hmm. the Kuhn Lund. yes, Misty Knight, yes, Colleen Wing, yes, Iron Fist, yes. Get the here i mean no one would have believed it but then if you put that next to say ben affleck's daredevil and jennifer garner's electra and Halle berry's catwoman you know
2: right there you go i I don't uh, think those those are all in the same even tier but okay
4: (laughs) well my point my my point is is that is that as bad as iron fist is i think i think people are more expressing their disappointment because the other shows were conversely as good.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of, I have the same thought as you, but I phrased it differently, Mark. I didn't say if you took it back 10 years it'd be fine. I said Iron Fist, as it is now, would be fine on the CW. If right. it was put up with Flash or Arrow, yes. it would, yes. yeah, it would fly perfect.
4: Yeah, more more so like first season Arrow for me. But yeah, I, your point is, is, is very well made. You know, if, if as a standalone, we would not have, minded as much as 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 we have Uh, but but you know after especially coming off of jessica jones and luke cage yeah right especially coming off of those two shows it really it, it the the notes that it the false notes that it hit just they they jangled on the ear man and 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 then there was the spacing issues you know and 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 the repetition of these you know i i get it corporations are evil thank you let's move on you know there's so much of that so uh you know thankfully he's not the the showrunner's not going to be on season two thankfully we're going to see other stuff come out in the meantime including uh, a punisher thing which is bonus for us and um by the time we get to iron fist season two I expect they'll have already done another Luke Cage, and so they're in a real good position to to stick the landing with him.
2: Yeah, they're, they, they're already filming the next season of Luke Cage, and they've already filmed the next season of Jessica Jones. The question that I have, and that I think, because you would think they would do them in the same order that they've already done them, which would mean that Iron Fist would be at the end of the next set, but because of the fact that Matt left danny as the one who needs to protect new york in his absence i suspect that actually daredevil's going to be at the end of the next group of four and that iron fist season two is going to come after jessica jones and luke cage and then mm, we're gonna have sure. daredevil but we'll see we'll see how that turns out but one thing that i read that i thought was an interesting analysis was that when you look at the various netflix shows it seems like the creative teams went out of their way to understand you know, the group that, you know, the sh- the show is, but, you know, Jessica Jones was very much a study of, you know, uh, uh, people who have been in abusive relationships and how they, you know, come out of that. Uh, Luke Cage was very much a examination of Harlem and that lifestyle and everything, but Danny Rand, who's the one whose origin should most be about somebody actually embracing a lifestyle?
0: Ninety-four Justin Timberlake, <laughs>
2: but the, you know, <laughs> but but the Iron Fist is something that you have to train to do. The rest of these guys sort of like came upon their powers. You know, Danny had to train. So if there was a show that should be steeped in a particular culture and a particular mindset, it should be Iron Fist, and that it should have gone into sort of the you know uh, uh, mystical or uh, martial artsy sort of realms. That, you know, he he would have had to embrace to just excel in that environment. And instead, it seems like they didn't try at all to understand, you know, any aspect of that life. And that's why it fell so flat. And, I mean, the fighting was another thing that we talked about in the Iron Fist episode, you know, was really poor. You know, I mean, we we should have seen some of the, you know, the best martial arts we've ever seen on television. And instead, it seemed like, uh, hasty cut, hasty cut, hasty cut, you know, done. You know, uh, and, and it was, it was definitely better in the defenders, although there's a little more shaky cam than I would have liked. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was very disappointed in the, in the, even the fighting aspect of iron fest.
4: Okay. Well, uh, you know, granted he was a favorite character of mine. always has been, and, yeah. and it, it was absolutely not what I wanted. So, uh, but, but I, I do like the fact that it hasn't been enough to torpedo the character or the idea. And so I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to give them a pass. They have not really had a clunker yet. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give Iron Fist a pass because I think that this is something that could be easily fixed with season two and, uh, and people would just watch season two and not look back.
3: Yeah. You, know, you know, everyone wants to bash Iron Fist and I don't know how Defender stacks up, but of the original shows, Iron Fist had more immediate views than any of the others. So, it, I it think a lot, a lot of people were hate
4: watching sense. it, though. <laughs>
3: it, Netflix doesn't care. Right, know, either, no, but, they, no, they don't. But to be
2: fair, though, that just says more about the previous shows than it does about Iron Fist. Because those shows it primed doesn't. everyone to want to jump on Iron Fist as soon as it right. dropped. Yeah, and, and
4: I think I think a lot of people were cringe watching it <laughs> with, with the with the idea of I can't believe they didn't get an Asian American. I can't believe they you know blah 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 whatever whatever your plug in complaints well from your from your filter was you know mm-hmm. I, I I heard people I, I, the 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 range of bitching I've heard about Iron Fist has been astonishing in in both its depth and its breadth, <laughs> and my thought was it's a it's a Netflix series. I mean, it's 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 a show on a on, on a content provider. I mean, it's not even tied into the movies. If you if you're if you're like a movie guy, you know he is not going to be showing up in the Infinity War. More's the pity, I say. But you know, uh,
2: it, it, when they Telling when
3: they panic, I am the immortal Iron man. <laughs> <That's
2: right. laughs> sworn enemy of the hand, slap, protector yep, yep. of You have a hand. <laughs> more's more's
4: the pity. You know, uh, that, you know, it would be so cool to have Daredevil in the room and and Luke Cage standing next to are going, "What the hell are we doing here? I don't know, man. Let's go get some shawarma. You know, <laughs>
3: that that, that would have been great." Up. That's the twist. The real hand that he's sworn to defend against is inside the Infinity Gauntlet. It's Thanos' (laughs) Infinity Gauntlet, that's right.
2: (laughs) Although, I will say this. When they ducked into the Chinese place and were hiding out from the hand, I turned to my wife and said, that should have been a shawarma restaurant.
4: Well, once again, the in the Marvel storytelling tradition, you know, the movies have done a really good job of picking up the quiet moments in Marvel Comics. To me, Marvel – I love Marvel Comics when they're – you know, I grew up on them. But my, my favorite things about Marvel Comics were always the scenes in between the next battle or the next confrontation where, you know – in, in the X Men, you know, Spider Man swings down and sees Danny Rand and Misty Knight out on a date, and and so he asks about Colleen Wing and Luke Cage, right? You know, and uh, and they they chit chat for a few minutes, and then he flies off, but then turns around and Arcade's grabbed him. You know, so that's a that's one of those really cool things about marvel comics is that is that you know when ben grimm and and cap and nick fury sit down and have coffee and talk about the war oh, poker. or whatever they or play poker, or over poker. Yeah. yeah the poker game is a, is a classic so this the, these series and the movies uh have really done a great job of continuing that tradition and there's several there's there's a number there's actually quiet moments in each as soon as these guys start pairing up there's wonderful interactions between each of them that 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 fit in that regard. That uh, not only uh, advance character and and move plot along, but but really show. You know, I, I love I love for example that Jessica tells the daughter of the of the guy that was murdered, uh, uh, Matt's origin story, basically. Mm-hmm. You know about about battling Jack Murdoch. You know that's great. You know, of course Jessica Jones would know that. You know. Uh, I mean-
3: in between drinking, she is a good detective.
4: Right, right, yeah. And But but you know that's one of the things where you know if you ha- if you were just watching the defenders, and for, I don't know why you would be that guy. I, I, I really, I really. And, and if you're listening and you're that guy, stop being that guy, okay? Or that girl. Just just don't. You you you, you all you do is, is screw it up and make us have to talk more. Right. But. If, for, for people who missed the part where she's a private investigator for 13 episodes in her own TV show that won awards, duh, you know, it's good to see her do detecting in The Defender's. Because there's not a lot of room in the defenders for people to, you know, to 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 perform in their own idiom. You know, Matt's legal experience basically walks in and says, "This interview's over," and then the rest of the time he's punching people. So at least Jessica Jones got to do a little bit of of some. You know, I checked up on you. You know, I, I once I figured out who you were, I went and looked. So uh, th- those those little moments really, to me, are are what sell the series and will and will continue to be a highlight of these shows going forward.
2: Yeah, I I agree on all of that, Uh, although I think that now we've been talking about the main characters a lot, we should go a little bit into the uh, side characters, and the one that I most wanted to talk about is Stick, because Stick, from the very beginning, when he first appeared in Daredevil, I have absolutely adored his character. I I felt like the whole father-son thing that he had with Matt was perfectly done. Uh, To me, that is... Probably the most powerful episode of the Daredevil series uh, is the one where he comes in and we have the flashbacks between young Matt and, you know, him training with Stick and what's going on the present day. And I loved seeing him in Defenders heartbroken that they killed him off uh a little upset that they have just wiped out the chased wholesale <laughs> you know in this series <laughs> but um but yeah i just just uh wanted to know what uh you know how did everybody feel about uh supporting cast we're gonna go into villains after this but uh you know what do you feel about the uh the supporting cast and their presence in this
3: sometimes too much sometimes not enough of them mm. uh you know like i can always use more foggy i'm sorry right but, and and for obvious reasons, Misty and Claire and Colleen hogged most of the attention, but like you said, it, it, like we've been saying, it seems like almost a setup for their own show. I would say, and I think we got Jerry, what, once, maybe? Twice? So... I, I think about Stick is, and, and the chase and all that, I, I think they finally realized they just need to put the hand to bed and, and just move on to other stories. And like it or not, Stick was always going to be a part of that past. And you put the past where it belongs in the past. So, eh. Ooh, I did like when they had, was it Karen and Trish together uh, for a few seconds? You know, they're, they hinted at so many possible combinations. And so I'd like to see, I, I think they could have explored that more. I'd like to see where they could take them in the future. But, you know...
2: I would like to see in all the shows for just regular crossovers that don't have to be big deals of yeah. just them crossing paths with each other. Absolutely, yeah,
4: I think that's yeah. I think that's setting up now that everybody's been in the same room and knows each other and knows that they have connections to the other things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a that's a I think that's a uh, going to be a conclusion.
2: I do find it amusing that Matt's the only one though that has a secret identity, and I liked how they played that up. You know, with the storyline of you know of 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 all the gyrations they had to go through to sort of like be like, you know, why are you people here, and you know, what's your connection, and you know, and then all the you know, get Matt his costume on the QT
3: and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I like that. I liked that they even managed to work in Matt's priest yes. just for one scene, and it was you know, it's a powerful scene. And
2: of course, we all know who the woman is at the end, right? That they're calling for at the, at the convent, right?
4: Have all of you read, have you all of you read born again and Angie, have you, have you read born again? Are you familiar with the
0: story?
1: No, I'm not really a comics reader. I'm kind of blind to that stuff. Anthony, are you familiar with, uh, with that daredevil story?
0: I believe I am. It's been okay. a while
4: since I've read it, but
0: I, right, I think I know
4: it. where this is going. Okay, Cool Beans. Yeah, it's uh, the, the 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 shot at the end of the of the thing, Angie, when he's looking down at at Matt wrapped up in, bl- in bandages on, on the hospital bed is straight out of Born Again, which was Miller's return to the Daredevil story and and one of the best Daredevil stories of the of the Bronze Age, you know, going forward. And it looks like that's going to be and and the nun is Matt's mom.
0: Oh, Spoilers, cool. yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I was never clear on this, or or maybe I was clear at one point. It's been so long since I've read comics. Did Matt think his mother was dead, or did she? He know that she had just left.
4: Yeah, no, that's uh, it was a surprise. The, the, it's going to be a, yeah, and so so this all uh, plays into uh, this is going to be uh, season three is going to be all sorts of Catholic guilt mm-hmm. and him deal, <laughs> dealing with his faith. Which which is good. I know this is this is going to be great. It really will, and 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 I think it's probably going to put the final capper on the electric story. Because I'm pretty sure in season three is the return of Wilson Fisk and Deadshot, and here we go. You, you know, bullseye. so. Or Bullseye, I mean, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah jumped uh, jumped universes. Area. <laughs> uh, did, did I, though? Really? <laughs>
4: aren't, aren't they kind of the same crazy guy that shoots huh. things and hits stuff? Anyways.
3: Never misses. Yeah. So,
4: so, yeah, that's going to be a uh, – so that, that was definitely a, a, a tease and a setup. Unless uh, well,
3: they throw Fisk and uh, Punisher. Who knows? He's got a history with them, too, now.
4: Well, and, and I, we he, know he that Aaron's going to be Punisher and maybe Foggy. But, uh, I don't know if anybody else will. But, yeah, no, I think you're right,, um, especially since the the echelons of these of these people, right? Uh, lawyers and politicians, and you know, the news media and, and reporters, it, It's it, it would be very easy for Foggy to call Alias Investigations and say, I've got something I need your help with. It would be super easy for Karen to call Trish and go, Hey, I'm getting a lot of chatter from my people about this. So, I think I think all this is basically just a, a giant setup to have these characters interacting.
2: One thing that I'm really looking forward to is in Daredevil Season 2, you can tell the wheels are turning in Fisk's mind when Matt visits him in prison, and he says, bring me the file on Matt Murdock. And right. I think that, uh, uh, converse to the comics, where Fisk got a tip-off indirectly about Matt's identity, I think Fisk is just going to put it together himself which I think yeah. will be way better and make him a more you know powerful character and that he's just going to put two and two together. So I think we're not only going to get Fisk back, I think we're going to get Fisk who knows that Matt is Daredevil. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is going to be beautiful. The best. Because <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's another guy, I mean, even though even though it has nothing to do with the Defenders because he wasn't in it, uh, Vince D'Onofrio has just killed that role. Oh, definitely
4: i've, I've so been a tenoprio fan for forever and so uh
2: i it is
4: it is marvelous to see him see what i did there it yes. is it's wonderful get it. to, be, to be a villain that just this this really rich complex damaged person that's also a sociopath you know uh with with, with uh rage issues and and brute strength it's just it's it's Almost the—I won't say it's the party was born to play, but I—I—I'm hard-pressed to think of anybody else who could who could do as good a job as he's done with that character. Mm.
2: Well, come on, we had John Rhys-Davies back in the 80s. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm gonna crawl through the microphone now. <laughs> <laughs> we
4: and I love me some Salah, you know. Right, right.
2: I actually think John Rhys-Davies wouldn't have been a bad choice if he had gotten a better better writing for that. But but anyway, that's a... Michael Clark Duncan was a great actor. Oh, no, that's uh, true. Uh, yeah.
1: Yes. And
4: the the problem with all of those is that prior to all this Marvel Cinematics Universe stuff is, you know, they go, we're doing a Daredevil movie. What Daredevil movie story should we tell? Well, the, the the story that everybody remembers is the story about Bullseye mm. and, and Electra. So let's do that story. Okay, well but wait wait isn't that like a big long thing yeah yeah, yeah. we'll just condense it right. oh we'll put in all this other stuff too because you know this may be our only chance to do a daredevil movie so we better cram it full with as much you know other crap as we possibly can and so what happens is you get that you know you get ben affleck on a on a seesaw with his wife you know th- th- this. the what I love about this long-form storytelling, and I and I, I I'm really amazed at the people who are complaining about it. I love the fact that we're taking 13 episodes to get to know these people. Yes, I yeah they run a little long, and sometimes I go, oh geez, that was a yeah. not much happened in that hour.
3: They but, could lose a few episodes. They could they could do it in 10,
4: you know. <laughs> they 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 could they could do it in 10, and you know honestly, I mean, I was looking at the first season of Daredevil as as a really good example of of this slow burn. For the first half of the series, it's more about the Kingpin than it is about the Daredevil mm-hmm. and and you find yourself really sympathizing with the kingpin and even though he's doing stuff you you can you can see it through his eyes like no he, he he is trying to make it better. he's maybe being a little heavy-handed he's taking this control thing a little too far, but you can see where he's he's shooting for something here and if they would just leave him alone, maybe this vision wouldn't be so bad. And then we get to the part where he confronts Daredevil. And he turns on him and goes, Take your shot! And then starts just beating the cowboy s- out of Daredevil. And you go, Oh, right, murderous psychopath. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think that was that.
3: established when he destroyed the Russian's head with the car. Yeah. That was- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and
4: again you know it's that kind of uh there's a, there's a there's a famous quote from Hitchcock uh that's apocryphal i think uh that an american audience will accept any nefarious behavior from a character provided that they're good at their job mm. and 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 that's how you get tony soprano right and so uh so so the kingpin was sitting in that kind of space for a while until you realize oh no he's this is this is not going to go well he's just handed all the drug trafficking over to to madam gal you know uh and she's got a piece of paper that's got danny Rand symbol on it i wonder what that's gonna mean right. <laughs> you know? so there was all this wonderful stuff and i just feel like that the the w- i think that stuff was in motion from the first season
2: no, I disagree. Well, yeah, I I think there were some continuity problems uh, because the hand has sort of morphed over the course yes. of the of the series, and even how their resurrection process works. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Meach, um, not uh, yeah, Harold Meecham. Yeah. you know, he gets the process once, and he can die any number of times and come back. But they made it clear in the in Defenders that. They even though these guys have come back many times, they need more of that stuff. You know, if they die, they're not going to come back again.
1: I thought it was if they got their heads cut off, they couldn't come back. Harold never got his head chopped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's
2: like a Highlander thing, right? But the thing is, they still needed more of that stuff. Yeah, this, yeah, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
4: yeah, the dragon bones. <laughs> yeah, the dragon Unless bones.
2: You're right, and Meacham could die any number of times and come back. Like they need, they would need to undergo the process again. Is basically what they were saying in defenders
4: i think it may have morphed over time but i think the hand was always going to be the
2: in play yo know, uh, that i agree with I, I, and Iron i was going to be in play
3: i don't think in season one that they had plans for gal to be part of the hand
2: yeah though that was another one that changed yep.
3: yeah yeah because she's Maybe very so. clearly
2: against the hand in the first two seasons of daredevil and daredevil yeah and that's and that's that's a good segue to get to talking about our villains because one of the things that I think was kind of a problem with this series is that other than Gao, I am not intimidated by the villains at all uh, Gao has just built herself you know since she's been around since Daredevil season one has her character has built up to the point where gao's presence that the acting that that actress conveys you know she is an imposing figure. And as well as Sigourney Weaver acts, she never at any point seemed to be a credible threat. And that was kind of... And Bakudo seems like... I mean, making him one of the founding members of the Hand I thought was ridiculous because Bakudo always strikes me as, like, a pretty boy dilettante that's decided to, you know, form this charismatic cult where he sleeps with his students. You know, uh, I mean, he's not... Mm, he's not a threat. Uh, They built up the Japanese guy. He was a little intimidating, but not really.
3: Well, even he he felt like, oh, it's the hand. We need a Japanese guy.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, Nobu was more intimidating than him. Nobu was supposed (laughs) to be like his disciple. And it's like Mm -hmm. this guy was kind of like, eh. You know, Gao, they turned into full-on telekinetic, which I was a little disappointed with because I like the idea that when she pushed Danny, that wasn't telekinesis. That was just she has such a powerful punch that she was able to knock him across the room. But in this, it's like she doesn't even need to touch things. She just points her hand and things go flying. That's chi.
4: That's not telekinesis. It's chi. Sure, it's it's a release of force.
2: Sure. I mean, either way, though, I would have liked, as I said in the Iron Times, (laughs) as I said in the Iron Fist podcast, I wanted full on Yoda versus Dooku CGI. You know, with Gal just like throwing people around and beating stuff up. You know, I didn't need her just sort of hanging back and just pointing her hand at things and having them fly across the room. That's far less intimidating. But she still, I think of all of them, was the most intimidating.
1: Yeah, I mean, my ranking system from the beginning is based almost entirely on how much the villain scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: sure,
4: yeah.
1: So David Tennant goes. <laughs> I'm terrified of the Purple Man. Yes. Um, and yeah, but Luke Cage first half was fantastic. I by the end Shades and Mariah just weren't doing it for me, <laughs> and I think Defenders. As much as I love Sigourney Weaver, I just didn't. I didn't get it. They were menacing for no reason. I didn't know what they wanted, and I wasn't scared of them.
3: I okay. think Sigourney Weaver just needed a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Or a second opinion from a different doctor, you know? <laughs> okay, <maybe. laughs> yeah,
2: I think the idea was that she had cheated death so long that as soon as she didn't yeah. get the stuff, it was like her body was just breaking down, you know, on its own. I don't know, I, I just felt like, and, and to me that was one of the uh, prime
3: weaknesses of the series, is that the villains just didn't seem all that scary. Yeah. To to throw it back to the Avengers comparison, there was no Loki in this bunch,
4: right? And, and they could have made up for it. One of the things, some the, something that somebody said that I did agree with is the hand as a um, as essentially an army of ninjas uh, was always something in the in the comics that was portrayed almost as like a mass. You know, especially in some some of the ways that, that Miller drew them, you know, they were basically just like shadows with with swords sticking out of them, you know, and there were so many of them, you know, and that was part of the deal, you know. Uh, and they, ne- we, I never got a sense. I, I, they kept so many people in the in the suits, which was fine for the boardroom fight, but for that for that climactic battle, I wanted old school ninjas running in, you know like Drunken Master 2 where there's just like, you know, <laughs> like 40 guys each coming from four cardinal directions 10 at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. And and we didn't really we didn't really get that cuz I what I really wanted the hands ability to just throw cannon fodder at these guys would have been awesome, you yeah, know.
3: I I kind of was intrigued by the idea of making them this sort of a uh, international uh group The Captain and Planet I, I felt- group <laughs> That's what I them <laughs> yeah, and and you know I, I felt like the the one member of the hand that had the most potential was a uh, uh, Sawande, the African, yeah. and they killed him off, you know, first. Which, <laughs> but okay, way back in the day when Sigourney Weaver was first announced, there was the rumor floating around that she was going to play Mephisto, and I thought that would have been epic. That's how they should have gone with it. Have the hand in service to Mephisto or to some demonic being that they've sold their souls to for immortality. And that would have worked. Sigourney Weaver acted her butt off in the role, but it just wasn't that great a role to begin with.
2: Okay. I I don't know. I felt like the hand as the sort of, you know, hey, we all happened to leave kaun but we all happened to be from different continents. Woo! Isn't that convenient? You know, kind of thing where they all, you know, and- Even though they all knew martial arts, they weren't really ninja other than the Japanese branch. It just, I don't know, to me that wasn't the hand. It was one of the problems that I had with the series. Because in Daredevil, we very much had the hand that I know, and I cheered every time they were on screen. Iron Fist gave us Bakudo and his charismatic cult version of the hand, which was pretty weak. And I felt like the Defenders carried on that tradition, and I wanted more old school hand.
0: They're yeah, really a badass they organization. They're pretty ineffective.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> well, maybe the uh, next threat is going to come out of Harlem, you know, because... Shades and by is, does anybody think that Shades is not the little finger of the <laughs> uh, the Marvel Netflix <laughs> oh, universe? Oh <boy>, yes, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. so I, we have potential here for some really good villainy, you know. Um, and especially if Wilson Fisk decides to align himself with Harlem to get some things done, you know. There's a lot of ways that this could go. There's a lot of villains still on the table. There's a lot of sure. There's a lot of unresolved things uh that, that we can still uh get into. So I'm I'm really okay with uh how it all played out. I agree with you that, that that they could have done the hand differently, but I think it falls into the same category as would I have liked a half Asian Danny Rand better? Yeah, probably. You know. But then again, we're talking about I, I, I honestly and and you know consider me part of the problem, you know, man. I, I'm forty seven years old and I never I grew up in a time when there were, there were years between movies. Mm-hmm. And, there, and, there, and they weren't movies. There was movie, you know. And I grew up in a time when, when there was all this television fodder on, and it was all just weak. It was all bad. And then, and then when they announce a TV movie, it'd be like, "Oh, cool, let's check it out." Oh God, this is. Oh, Dave, Dave, David Hasselhoff is Nick Fury? Yes. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> well, he called her Viper. I guess that's who that is. But right. you, you know, and then you know, or, or you know, uh, oh, there's this cool. Oh, they're making a movie. Oh, wait, it's going straight to video. Oh, it's not coming out at all.
0: Uh, oh I oh, found can it on it again? oh I
4: found it on bootleg I'll watch it oh that's why it didn't come out because it's past
2: <laughs> you know and so and then sometimes it was worse when it did come out I'm looking at you yeah. man thing
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
4: uh, well and so this is and so this is the deal you know I mean uh, uh, I, I, I'm in I'm walking around right now I own a movie theater that's about to show Hawkeye and Ant-Man together with Iron Man and Thor and Star Lord and Gamera for crying out loud! Rocket Raccoon, Groot, are you are you kidding me? I I never if if I could go back in time and tell even my thirty year old self this is coming, <laughs> my thirty year old self would punch forty seven year old me and take my lunch money and be like, you're an idiot. This is this is the dumbest thing ever so uh on one hand i'm like you know this maybe this didn't meet my expectations but i didn't have expectations to begin with because i never thought we'd get this
3: yeah, yeah. it's so, it's like it's like in batman and robin when they mentioned metropolis and you, that was the best you just felt like suddenly the possibilities opened up mm, and this is right. the realization of that
4: yeah what we have now yeah it was actually yeah, i was actually in batman forever
2: no. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, because the Graysons, the circus with the Graysons, was going to move on to Metropolis uh, after Gotham. Uh, so, it so it was, was in fact back Metropolis, by now. Yeah, yeah.
3: I see it coming out of George Clooney's mouth for some reason. No, nope. uh, uh, I uh,
2: think
4: <laughs> I think what you saw was actually a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: not George mouth.
1: Uh,
2: But uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing, and, and the thing is, I, I do have some criticisms about both how Iron Fist has been portrayed as well as The Defenders. But by and large, I am enjoying these Netflix series. I think that they are fantastic. Like I said, I think that the character interaction was one of the highlights of the Defenders, in the same level as the beauty of having Tony and Steve and Thor all talking during uh, the Avengers and all that character interaction. You know, that's the same way that I felt like when Jessica's with Matt, or when uh, Luke and Danny are talking and all of that, because all that that frision between the characters where you see where they're aligned but they also have these differences and issues with each other you know that's all great you know and and the actors perform it really well and it's exciting yes. because it's like in the comics because that's one of the things that drew me to Marvel in the first place unlike DC where everybody just gets along because they're all heroes or at least back in the day they did you know in Marvel the characters even though they're all quote-unquote heroes can have legitimate disagreements and I love right. that that's what excited me about it was that you know it's it's like a level of storytelling above where you know we're not just in black and white, they're shades of gray also.
3: It's, it's more than that, I would say, because even compared to the Avengers, where they're gods, basically, the Defenders are people first. Mm. They're people with these abilities. And even someone like Luke Cage, oh my gosh, the, the one scene, and probably of all the Marvel Netflix shows, the most powerful scene for me was in the Defenders when Luke Cage is with that poor woman when she finds out her third child yeah. has died. Mm. And yeah. that one, that scene tore me up, and more than any other scene in any of the series. And Luke Cage, this man who nothing can hurt him, was just useless. He couldn't do anything except hug her, hold her. He yeah, was, that was tough. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think you'd never see that in Avengers.
2: Well, true. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jessica Jones is a whole series of stuff that you'll never get in Avengers because yeah. <laughs> the oh. amount of pain oh, and, and
4: suffering. Angie, hey, and- and- just, a, just a heads up, uh, Tenet's coming back for season two.
1: I read that. I'm so stoked. <laughs> and I know, myself. especially
4: if if, if he's going to end up being what I it, it, I think the supposition is that he's going to essentially be a, a a phantasm taunt taunting yeah. residual of all of her uh, stress and and strife. So he's going to be even more creepy. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah.
1: I, I had just assumed he would be in flashbacks, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm stoked that he's coming back, even though I'll sleep the light
2: on i think <laughs> yeah i think he's going to be a voice in her head also i think it's going to be like and we're probably going to find out that that's the reason why she wasn't doing anything for a while is that he that voice in her head had just so paralyzed her that she wasn't taking any jobs or doing anything but we'll see
3: oh malcolm that's my favorite side my uh, uh additional side character what do you whatever you call him mm. no, i forgot to mention him yeah yeah no, love he, seeing he's,
4: him. he's come to his own and 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 did it really quickly in the defenders in a, in a cool way yeah that was cool
1: yeah, uh... not a comic reader coming just blind into all of it i think it's really interesting after the fact i always google and just see what maybe came up naturally and what is kind of sh- i don't want to say shoehorned in because it didn't really feel that way for the most part but what is almost predestined in terms of character interactions um and that was really interesting that malcolm was just there and totally integral her whole life
2: yeah i'm not so sure that just because something's happened in the comics though that they're going to do it like i'm still up in the air as if they're really going to ever put luke and jessica together and have her have a kid and all that and they might just decide not to go that way as it is i don't think just because of the age difference that misty and danny are going to get together like they are in the comics yeah i think they're going to do a danny colleen thing
3: i don't think they'll ever explore karen's uh origin and her tragic you know conclusion either no
2: if they were going to go that route, I think we would have already had her get into her drug-induced haze because that would tie in with how Fisk discovers that Matt is Daredevil, but it looks like they're going a completely different
3: route with Fisk. Unless they do it and punish her when she thinks Matt is dead. Mm, true.
4: Oh, boy, yeah. Uh, a lot of, lot of ins, lot of a lot of outs. <laughs> a lot of strands to keep in the old duder's head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the things that I like about it is that they they sort of, like, take... 50 years of comics they cut them up they throw them in the air and they take like little bits and pieces of them stitch them together with new content and then put them out there so it's like even if you're steeped in all that lore you know you get new stuff because they've not only put the pieces together in a different way they've also added new stuff in there too
4: it's, an, it's a nice simplification, and they've done a really good job of it. You know, I, I think uh, the, the, the TV properties catch a lot of grief, but uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets better each season, and, and this last season was particularly fine. And to you me, don't
1: have Marvel cool. money? That's like the best effects I've ever seen on a television show outside of HBO. Yeah, Iron Fist could have done with some of that money. Right.
2: I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I except know. I still think Iron Fist. The issue was time rather than money. They needed yeah. time to teach him the martial arts that they 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 just didn't do. They they didn't give him the choreography time that he needed.
4: Yeah, no. He it's it's more it's more like a keto in a kind of. Uh, uh, kind of a Steven Seagal sort of a thing, at least in those early few episodes. He's not really hitting anybody. He's just tapping them and they're falling aside, and you're like, okay, <laughs>
2: all right. Well, or we're cutting to the stunt double that actually knows what he's doing, but it's kind of obvious that it's the stunt double, and we're also doing a lot of cuts just for a few moves rather than yeah. It'd it less it
3: It had been less obvious in a costume. But- right, right. Yeah. It's like it's like Finn Jones got the job on Monday and they started shooting on Wednesday and they got the script on Friday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: You will all come to love him. Yeah, I'm mean, him. I think he's
2: got potential. Yeah, I think if they run this next season correctly, you know, with a with a showrunner that knows what he's doing, I think that I don't think Finn Jones is the problem at all. No. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of potential there. They just need to move forward. And the old idea of him being the city's protector now that Matt's not there is, I think, a perfect segue into giving him more maturity oh, yeah. as a character.
1: Yeah, I to love him. I I really do. But yeah,
4: <laughs> it, 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 I know it, it got it got old. You know, yeah, the the constant repetition and the hard headedness was just yeah, it was a little much. Especially since all the other characters step in pretty much fully formed, and I think that was a you know, I didn't want to see, you know, for, for Daredevil's year one storyline, uh, the main thing is that he's learning He there's some punches he can't block and some, you know, he keeps getting banged up worse and worse until he finally decides to fight smart and get a costume. I'm okay with that. You know, D- Danny's year one is, I've got to learn how to be a person first. And you're like, oh, come on. I don't have time for this, man. You know? Rome was not built in a day. It took three seasons
0: on HBO. Right. <laughs> yeah and daniel was there telling everyone that he's the immortal (laughs) artist oh
4: that's a meme that's not going away anytime soon
2: and the other thing was that it felt like they could have really gone somewhere with the whole corporate stuff but even that that kind of fizzled out like midway through where it's like okay so you don't really have any big like story to tell with
0: that either it would just sort of seem like that was filler he should have just renamed his company Iron Fist Industries. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably coming,
2: Anthony.
4: I, I think that I think in the end, the Defenders and the Netflix series are more about the villains than the the heroes, uh, and, or at least they're just as important. At the uh, and um, I, one of Iron Fist's many flaws is that it sort of had to bridge the gap to the Defenders, and I'm hoping that. With what's left on the table afterwards, we're going to see a a course change. Of course, the other thing that we have to be careful of is the the same chucklehead that messed up Iron Fist Season 1 was also put in charge of the in humans uh tv movie and no um,
3: one mentioned that series when we were talking uh, about how good series were (laughs)
4: well it's because we i haven't seen it yet and uh it has not you know i I, am not anywhere near an imax theater and so uh i can tell you that uh, the first thing that i saw when i looked at it was i wish they'd gotten a better wig for medusa I mean, it looks like a wig, and uh, then I got excited because they showed me Lockjaw, and I was like, well, all right, they got Lockjaw, so maybe this won't be so bad, and apparently I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> now, I haven't seen it at all. I'm going to watch it. We all are, but uh, I'm going to watch it with trepidation because, once again, here's here's a group of characters I never thought in my wildest dreams I would ever see outside of the Fantastic Four cartoon series. <laughs> Uh, from the mid '90s, I mm-hmm. mean, there was just no ever like there was no way I was ever going to see these things realized. So um, to me, this is bonus content. That's how I'm treating it. I'm treating it like bonus content. Well, I didn't pay for it. I certainly didn't ask for it. <laughs> you're, you're 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 giving it to me for free. Okay, you know, it's kind of like when you uh, when you the, the 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 one pizza place in town that delivers pizza any time of the day or night it's not the greatest pizza in the world eh, but it came I to my to door differ. and it was free <laughs> you know it, it was cheap you know and so it's that kind of uh that kind of thinking i know we're, what we're getting in the movies is going to be wonderful i know what's coming up for this year and next year is going to be awesome i even have really high hopes for the rest of the netflix series I'm, I'm i can't wait for the punisher mm-hmm I can't believe they finally got the Punisher right. Yeah, and 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 this series is going to go down the rabbit hole of the thing that people like about the Punisher comic that made him so good. Perfect. Well, so that's even on the horizon. So when they say when they when the Invaders finally drops or the, the Inhumans finally drops, and I get to watch it, I'm just going to watch it like, ah, okay, all right. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to have three <laughs> and some pork rinds. You know? <laughs> I'm just to see if I can make a drinking game out of it the first time around, <laughs> you know, and I think I think that's probably wise advice for everyone here. Just let's just let, I think we both we all know how this is all going to come out in the end, so uh there's no point in dying on that hill, you know there's there, there's no there's no critical cachet to be gleaned from going, boy, this sucked right. yeah, I, know. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, I think this kind of goes back to I just recently relist, listened to the Big Bang Theory podcast. But I think it goes back to the sense that everything that's nerd related or specifically here Marvel related has to be the super high quality epic, you know, dealing with, you know, issues of abuse or race or whatever the ant-man dealt with um <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have to yeah we can it's have baskin you robbins can have, yeah but, you know have can them have them. this run-of-the-mill uh quality marvel that's fine yeah. run-of-the-mill it, marvel's gotten to the point where it's so good that even just run-of-the-mill is bad for marvel and that's kind of a skewed perception on our part
4: it, yeah you're absolutely right it's the, the they've set the bar so high that when they come a little off of it people go god it was horrible no it wasn't You know,
1: uh, it's just okay. (laughs) That was okay. I think it's fair, though, to say we know what you're capable of. It's not like we're all grasping at straws for anything, and nothing has a budget because you know these are all labors of love. This is a massive property and a massive industry. I think it is fair to point out when they've stumbled. I agree. Um, Obviously, we're all still watching. So,
4: (laughs) yeah, I I agree. I, I think I think it's okay to I think it's just okay to have some perspective. You know. And I think that's, that's really the point is yeah. you, it's, it's perfectly legitimate to go. All right. This was the weakest of the lot. It had major continuity problems. It had major, uh, pacing problems. Uh, it had a lot of unnecessary bloat and the whole thing felt like a rushed first draft. I think to get online and say, here's why we should boycott Marvel because <laughs> they don't understand martial arts culture. That to me is where is where I go. All right. Somebody needs to step back. Yeah. You know? Go get a Reiki treatment, uh, go take a spa day, <laughs> get your priorities in line, okay? Because that's not what's happening here. And I understand that, that through your particular set of goggles, you you seek offense anytime martial arts are portrayed in any aspect of the movies or television. And the problem is, is you don't own martial arts. And you certainly don't own pop culture martial arts. You just don't. And and th- no culture is being disrespected by Danny's <laughs> <laughs> Aikido moves because <laughs> there is a multi-billion-dollar industry uh, in Hong Kong that is ably represented and frequently imports its its product to us to consume with 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 devotion and adoration. So there's there's not a case of appropriation going on. It's not you know it, it, it's you know. dialed off that a couple of notches what you have here is you have you have slipshod work it's it's not uh this this is not the trail of tears for (laughs) the shaw (laughs) brothers you know and 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 i'm and i'm kind I get offended when that's when when that's where you come in at you know i can't believe how triggered i am well (laughs) who has the control over that the show or you, you know, you decide your level of involvement. And if you don't like the martial arts and Iron Fist, you know, based on the six episodes that you watched for free because they gave it to you and you and wanted you to write a review about it. Feel free to take all that into consideration and then decide to not give it. <laughs> and, and, I, and I promise you'll feel a lot better because honestly, nobody's trying to hurt anybody with this show.
2: Mark's not talking to us directly, Mark's talking to all the people <laughs> he sees on Facebook that go way overboard with and, and, their criticisms yeah. and to to true hatred and spite. spewing vitriol over things that don't deserve that level of I hate Danny
0: Rand's hair (laughs) (laughs) I I, I I hate that it looks like he has a thing of ramen noodles on his head (laughs) I I, I will say that did come up in the Iron Fist podcast
2: that we all agreed that he looks like a dirty hippie but you know it's it wasn't really a big you know deal that's
4: a fair criticism he spends half the series looking like a homeless guy you know He's not homeless. He's the immortal Iron Fist. <laughs>
0: He's got a home. He just can't get to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, oh, for just man. a few short pennies a day, you can sponsor your own Iron Fist.
1: <laughs> I kind of get it. And Nathan, you kind of alluded to this in the Iron Fist podcast, so I won't get too far into it. But knowing what can be done, seeing, you know, Daredevil, seeing Jessica Jones, even Luke Hayes, and then how, if really identified with you know with any or you really enjoyed those comics growing up i think it, it could be kind of painful to know what's possible and know you didn't get it
4: oh don't get me wrong i am bummed that, that's and i called say this as, as a transformers franchise as as <laughs> yeah as a lifelong iron man fan or iron fist fan i'm bummed but i'm not i i'm bummed at the end of 15 successful Marvel franchise movies that now have Hawkeye and Vision and Scarlet Witch and Ant-Man in them and I'm bummed at the end of two seasons of Daredevil and and a uh, season of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Uh, Luke Cage, one of my other all-time favorite guys. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm bummed with the knowledge that I'm a, about to get a Black Panther movie that's going to blow my face off <laughs> uh, next year. Right before we go into the Infinity War, which the likes of which we have never seen on film before, ever. I mean, this isn't the Magnificent Seven. This is the Magnificent Thirty Seven. <laughs> So that's the first movie. Yeah. So, so my, so, so Angie, you're, you're absolutely right. I, we, I have a right, we all have a right to be bummed and upset about it. But I'm choosing to kind of take all of this in this context of having watched four seasons of Agents of Shield and loving each one, uh, even though it's the Cimmerillion of the Marvel Universe. You know that, right? It's <laughs> it's not necessary. You don't have to watch any of it, and it kind of doesn't matter. But it does deepen and 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 enrichen your enjoyment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe if you choose to partake. So,
3: I I would just say that it's a fair criticism to point out when Marvel's wrong or when they make a mistake, but. The reality is is they've made so few of them that they stand out more. And what's really important here is not when they stumble, but what they do after that. They can go the DC route and just double down on every mistake they made, or they can learn from it. So yeah, like like we said, Iron Fist, the first season of Iron Fist was... Not the best, but he was improved upon in Defenders. And if he's improved upon again in Iron Fist Season 2, then they're learning. They're showing the capability to to recognize that they made a few mistakes and they're going to correct them.
4: I'll argue that they've already had some course corrections. All right. Granted, we don't have a Black Widow movie, but uh, we have seen more women and people of color Mm -hmm. appearing in this next wave of movies. There is no doubt as to the multicultural and diverse and overall progressive uh, look and feel of the Marvel series, with the possible tone deaf exception of Iron Fist. So I feel like, and and they've added movies in and projects in based on fan criticism and fan reception they weren't planning on doing an ant-man and wasp movie but in the hue and cry that rose up as to why we still don't have a black widow film how come she's not a lead character you're seeing women characters step up and become major players uh strong supporting roles that that are that passed the Bessel test. You, you you see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's, I feel like they have been very responsive going forward. And honestly, well, and so, and so, as, well, as an, even though I'm an Iron Fist fan and should be one of the guys railing about it, in the light of everything else that's gone on, I'm going to give them a pass and say, I can't wait to see what to do with, with season two.
3: Well, I, I agree with you on on the social issues. Marvel's been learning and, and trying and attempting with the, the occasional stumble. No, I just meant specifically with storytelling issues, with with the, a lot of the structural mistakes in Iron Fist that were there regardless of who they cast as Iron Fist.
4: Sure, and I, I, I think you will see that. I, I mean, the fact that they've let the showrunner go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that right well, there it solves that problem
1: in universe as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he 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 can't
4: hurt you anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. Multiple
1: yeah. people he's call him the worst Iron Fist ever. Colleen makes fun of the fact that he tells everybody he's Iron Fist. Luke Cage, you know, rails him about the dragon. I mean, they know they're they're aware, which makes me hopeful that they yeah. are maybe gonna yeah. make some movement on that going forward. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. The one thing I will say to bring it back to the defenders is that. I was a little disappointed with Colleen in the Defenders because I felt like they put her in more of a, I don't know, like a weaker position. She vacillated a lot. She was kind of worried about not being able to do anything. You know, Claire's got to help her out with Bakudo. You know, I mean, there's this whole—I don't know—I I felt like I felt like Colleen could have been a more powerful character in the Defenders, and I was a little bit disappointed. Obviously, when they're dealing with so many characters, it's hard to give everybody equal play, and she wasn't one of the main four. But uh, I did feel like that was a little bit of a stumble. Uh, on I feel,
4: I feel like that's going to be the biggest course correction that that they're going to have to do. I that actually really bothered me. She's she's introduced in Iron Fist as a strong mm-hmm. character until she decides to become Danny Rand's girlfriend, and then she becomes Danny Rand's girlfriend with a katana. Mm-hmm. And uh, how strong I,
3: can she be? She didn't know Tiger Claw. <laughs> I, uh,
4: I, her, what,
1: her judgment I, is in question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I think probably the best thing for her that they can do for her as a character is to is to let her become a part of Nightwing investigations mm-hmm. and let the two of them develop that friendship independent of Danny, and I think that's going to really help help her out at going forward.
3: You know, uh, just to defend the storytelling aspect of that whole if you look at Defenders as a continuation of Iron Fist, you could make the argument that after realizing that Colleen's been part of the hand, she's been kind of brainwashed and brainwashing other people and so forth, I could see where she'd have a little period of self-doubt about herself. No,
2: I know what the I know what they were going for with that, but I just felt like it lasted a little too long. And then even when push came to shove, like she couldn't even take on Bakudo, who, like I say, never fe- feels like he's any kind of a credible threat. So... <laughs> 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 at any point in time you know so i don't know oh well at least misty lost her arm which i shouldn't have squeezed for <laughs> but i did Ooh, thank god <laughs> i was right? like bionic arm yes
4: <laughs> <laughs> thank god she lost her arm i was really afraid that we were gonna have a female character come out of that show without any kind of visible scarring but no, <laughs> right <laughs> oh. finally she gets to move forward and, and 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 get the the Steve Steve Austin uh, special from from Rand Enterprises, uh, which which means it's going to be a completely green arm, <laughs> um, you know, she's with six no th- she's a six
3: thousand dollar woman.
4: Uh, yeah, that's right, yeah, sixty sixty two thousand dollar people. It'll probably cause <laughs> yeah, cancer. I,
2: I, I do want...
1: um <laughs> don't save her from cancer. Yes, Angie's, I, Angie's I,
2: thesis in the last Iron Fist podcast was that Rand Corporation, <laughs> if there were only 15 cases of cancer in Staten Island, that they actually were curing cancer.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's pretty good. <laughs> I, I hope we don't spend a lot of time on that. And, and this is one of the things that, you know, it, it would certainly be the kind of thing where we open up the series with Misty coming back from the forest and she's got one sleeve pinned up and they're doing the, the the special clap and everything. And she's trying to adjust to desk job life and, You know, for three, three episodes, we see her struggling and, uh, you know, she, she's got her detective vision still, but no one's going to let her get back out there because she's only got one arm. And, and, and then, you know, she goes on a bender and asks somebody for help. And then in, in episode nine, she decides to leave the police department and then episode 10. She decides uh, to solve the case on her own. Uh, And then episode 11, Danny says, well, you're going to need an arm. And then episode 12, she, she uh, shoots the perp in the head, dead. And episode 13, she says, I think we need to start a detective agency. I'm hoping that's not the case. Mm. That's what, that's what they would have done, you know, before. And I feel like uh, now that we've got all these players on the board, I think if we just cut to them hanging out the shingle for Nightwing Investigations and Misty's rubbing her shoulder and Colleen says, how's the new arm? Uh, It's still kind of weird. Well, I'll have Danny's people look at it. Done. (laughs) Handled. Let's get going. (laughs) There's more interesting things to talk about now. So once again, I was not consulted in any way, shape, or form (laughs) on any Marvel series. And I feel this is a grave mistake on all of their parts. Jeff Loeb, call me. You have my number.
2: Yeah, the only fear that I have is that they're not going to do Nightwing investigations because they also uh, already have Jessica Jones out there as a private investigator and that they feel like that'll be too similar to something that they're already <laughs> doing. I'm hoping I'm wrong because I want to see it.
4: Yeah, I hope you're wrong too. There's no short... <laughs> Ask CBS, hey, do you have enough cop? police procedural shows on your network right now? And the answer is going to be, actually, we've got one that's about to be a mid season drop in to replace the other crime show. No, there's no CSI Fairbanks. Season 18 of law and order SVU, 18 seasons of rape and, and, and sexual assault. And that was just, that's just that one law and order show, not the other law and order shows. So, so, there's always gonna be a need for private investigators and especially private investigators with a katana and a bionic arm. Mm. I maintain that's the case and I'm sticking by
1: it. Maybe they'll just franchise alias
4: mm. Ooh. Well, that see, that could be the way that they get these two in. Mm. She might she might say, I need backup on something. Yeah, you know, I mean I mean there's there's a hundred uh myriad different, you know, little interactions. And we haven't even gotten to Ah, uh, Claire, and what's going to be ha- what's going to happen to Night Nurse? And we haven't really even gotten to whether or not Trish is going to become uh, Patty again and turn into Hellcat. All of this would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All of the, we're, we're back in the Marvel C and D list characters again, just pulling people out and going. Eh, can we do something with them? Yeah, what the hell? They don't have any superpowers. Drop them in, give them a little Kel- Kevlar vest, and send them out into the world. Well, that would be great. I,
2: I'm still expecting um, I can't remember his real name, but Nuke to show back up. Yeah. You know, with uh, with the red and blue yes. pills. You know, uh-huh. and see, he uh-huh. I mean, doesn't have to be in Jessica Jones. He can show up as an antagonist in somebody else's show. Right. Uh, you know, because Nuke can show up at any point. It
4: hasn't. I'm, I'm just waiting. It hasn't happened yet. I can't believe it hasn't really happened yet. But I'm. I'm just. I'm waiting for uh, the. I'm, I'm waiting for Shield to cross over in one of the Netflix shows, or vice versa.
3: There, uh, there have been at least two mentioned connections. Uh, they're mentioned, but I'm uh, yeah. w- when I say crossover. You want Colson?
4: <laughs> w- yeah, I want I want I want Daisy and Colson standing in the same room with Danny and Luke. Yes, or or some iteration thereof. You know,
2: yeah, yeah. Clark Gregg has said that he really wants to be on the Netflix shows.
4: Yeah, man.
2: Uh oh. Hold on. Oh. Did I lose you? No. No. All right. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was random, but alright.
4: Well. Somebody else tried to call in on Skype. Oh, okay. I uh, see. Yeah, I'm. 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 Guys, you have no idea. <laughs> it's probably Jeff Loeb. He's probably heard us talk.
2: <laughs> His ears are burning.
4: Like, you know what, Mark? You got some good ideas, <laughs> <laughs> especially that one about Hellcat.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's desist. already in the plans. Uh, I I doubt that they introduce Trish without thinking about Hellcat. Yeah. and
3: had her learning martial arts. Yeah, I, I'm ready.
4: I'm ready, and no sleep till Dazzler.
3: You
2: know, let's
0: just put it all out there. While we're at
3: it, and I don't. And I don't oh, want. I don't throw want Moon Knight in there. That's all we need. Oh
4: God, give us Moon Knight, please. I,
3: I, give us. I've moon been knight. wanting Moon Knight for so long now. But you know what? They did drop the ball on, and I always thought it would have been more appropriate for Trish, anyways. But Claire picked up those claws and Iron Fist, and she seemed to really love them, and they disappeared somewhere heading into. Into defenders. Yeah, Fox
2: called them and said it's too close to Wolverine, so they had to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, think, I, think,
4: I think that's going to be part and parcel of Hellcat. I think, I think, yes, yeah. I think Colleen is going to train Trish, and that's and that's when it's all going to spiral out of control.
2: So yeah, I mean, before too long, we're going to have a series just about all the side characters in the Netflix shows, and they're going to have their own show. Right. So.
3: A lot of ways, they're the more interesting ones.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm saying, you know, yeah. you can get Trish in there and, you know, Foggy and, and you know, you can get a bunch of, and, and Claire and a bunch
3: of the sporting characters in a show and come up with a reason for it and it would be epic. That That's kind of what we've been saying about the, the quiet times in between in the comic books. The reality is, it's for all of us, the comic books and the, these shows. There are soap operas. We just don't want to call them
0: that. Right. I have just one episode of nothing but Foggy doing lawyer stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> law and Order, Foggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: Law, law, law and Order, Hell's Kitchen. Right yeah, that'd be great.
2: Hell's Kitchen. <sighs> and then Jerry is always in there like, Foggy, you're a loose cannon! <laughs>
0: That's all I asked. Just one episode, watching Foggy hold various trials, doing his paperwork,
3: (laughs) the judge going, "I'll give you some leeway," but you know, ran it in. There's (laughs) gonna five minutes of Foggy uh,
4: filibustering. We'll we'll probably see a little bit more of that in, in in Punisher. I think that's gonna be maybe necessary for those connections there uh because because here's the deal Punisher only really works as somebody that walks on for a couple of episodes and then walks out so after this origin story he becomes a bit player you know i just don't think you need unless they want to do actually they could do the the uh, Punisher in prison the first mini series which would be really good where uh, he comes in and and has to deal with Jigsaw so i don't know it's but but yeah i mean I, the sidekicks and the the supporting cast are, are awesome so we'll just we'll just we'll just trust that they know that they have a plan and so far it's been working out pretty well
2: you know yeah i mean talking about lawyering though the one thing i will say is that uh the daredevil series and then in defenders they've done a fantastic job showing that side of matt's life which we didn't really get in the daredevil movie and i do like the idea of matt you know, even afterwards, you know, he's talking with the kid and he's telling him that, you know, getting the trial, you know, getting all that to work in your favor is one thing, but you've still got a whole life you know, ahead of you, and you know, this is the stuff that you're going to deal with and, you know, I loved that whole side of it as well, so certainly isn't a bad idea to show more of that kind of stuff. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Absolutely. The more that, the merrier.
2: Oh yeah. But, final question. Do we think Madame Gao survived at the end?
4: Hmm yes yes <laughs> I, she walks away and w- that we never see the body and that's that's you know yeah. that's classic
2: mm, you yeah. know yeah i think she got a little piece of bone probably too so she can extend yeah. her life yeah because i mean like i said she was the best of the the five villains they had there for the hand. and so i would be very happy to see her continue uh,
3: she's a fan favorite
2: yeah
1: She seems like somebody who'd throw everybody else under the bus, so... Oh, Oh, for sure. (laughs) If there was a way for her to survive and walk away, she did.
2: Well, if Matt survived, I I think she survived, too. And the thing is, she and Fisk have a mutual respect for each other that they don't really have for anybody else. So she might show up in Daredevil Season 3 also to assist Fisk.
4: She's. She should have at least one briefcase full of dragon bone, some minions left, mm-hmm. and and essentially the means to restart the hand as a criminal enterprise without, you know, wanting to take apart New York. So well, I don't. I don't think we're through with ninjas yet.
2: Yeah. So as we as we uh, sort of wind down here, just hopes. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but just give like your top three things that you want to see moving forward.
3: Wait, uh, top you mean three things. The defenders. Yeah, for, for the Defenders
2: franchise. Yeah, for, for the four characters.
0: Well, I definitely want to see uh, Iron Fist mature and Pano business cards. <laughs> <laughs> it would save time. Yeah, it would save so much time. Yeah, really just want to see what they do with Iron Fist to make him better as a whole, because they kind of did that this series. Mm-hmm. Definitely love to see more Jessica Jones as my favorite of the four. And I want to see Moon Knight pop up somewhere.
1: Mm, okay. I really liked the pair-up of Jessica Jones and Matt. I think they were going more for a team-up with uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, but that meant that the other two kind of got paired up by default, and I really liked that interaction, so I hope they do some more of that. I want more Hogarth. You said three things?
2: Yeah. If you don't have a third, that's fine.
1: Mm, More Hogarth with Foggy. Okay. (laughs) I like the snark engines. So more Jessica Jones snarking, more Hogarth snarking.
3: All right. Okay. Really, what I kind of want is, and we were talking about. I, I think going forward, unless they're going to do like a uh, Legion of Doom of villains, where all their you know villains get together, uh, Diamondback and Fisk and uh, David Tennant and Kilgrave, I, I, I want a villain that's going to be worthy of them in a way that the hand wasn't and i you know maybe someone new maybe they can they can plant the seeds all they want in the other seasons but um it's got to be someone that it really feels like it's a real threat to them i want more interconnectivity between the individual shows and the greater marvel universe yeah get shield in there yeah i mean they've mentioned um luke cage mentioned you know hammer industries and uh so yeah i want more of that more of that it'd be great to actually physically see people show up it won't happen but it's still what i want since you're asking what i want yeah yeah yeah, yeah pie <laughs> i want to see a bearded captain america <laughs> yeah right. i want to see a bearded captain america <laughs> walking through you know brooklyn <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean and that's two and three i want um moon knight was a good one but uh i want i want johnny blaze mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: interesting
3: choice yeah
2: and and you've seen the latest
4: season of said mark Shield,
2: right?
0: wrong was that you said mark spector <laughs> <wrong. laughs> yeah so,
2: uh, so we know there's more yeah, than one, reyes was all right but yeah we know there's been <laughs> more than one ghost rider so yeah i mean you could have johnny blaze post ghost rider
3: yeah that's true
4: well, you 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 did see Shield, right? This past yeah. season, of Shield. Yeah, okay, Ron so Grace so was
3: all right, but you know, I mean, but I want, you want Johnny Blaze, all right. I want right. a motorcycle. Okay,
1: <laughs> that effect is just amazing, though. I, I support all of the Ghost riding Everything. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> Ryan, did you? Can have did you the same quality of effect. Ryan, did
2: you read Ghost Rider in the '90s after Johnny had been Ghost Rider, but he rode around on the motorcycle with his Hellfire shotgun?
1: Uh, You know,
3: I have memories of it, but I don't know if I read it, or maybe he was guest starring in someone else's book or something like that. I I hated
4: that so much. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All
2: right. So, Mark, uh, what about you? What would you like to see moving forward with Netflix?
4: No surprise. Uh, The development of Heroes for Hire and or Nightwing investigations. Uh, I'm totally stealing Moon Knight because, yeah, that's just genius. And the perfect character not like anybody else – Especially if you use uh, Mark Spector as the schizophrenic guy with all these different sort of personalities. That makes a really interesting character to bounce off of everybody else. And then um, uh, I'd like to see some more things come into the Netflix universe that are kind of second and third and fourth tier characters from the MCU. Like, uh, Like, for example, I'd love to see Dr. Druid and Brother Voodoo. (laughs) <laughs> at the marvel knights level
2: <laughs> i'm sorry brother Peter. i'm sorry
4: all right all right you both of those again you, you know, i know forget what you know and think about what they've done mm. you know going forward on that that could be really cool yeah, you know well. and it opens up the marvel knights to some supernatural stuff more so than dragon bones that make electra you know uh, happy again but you know like, yeah so so i so that's I, I i'm happy with that i'm i'm really sorry that 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 disney is a con is, is going to develop its own content platform i think that's a mistake and i hope it blows up in their fat smug faces <laughs> until until then make my netflix <laughs>
2: right well, they could still have a relationship with Netflix even after doing yeah. that, because there are existing contracts in place, so even though they can pull all their movies out of Netflix, they can't... It's a co-production for these Marvel shows, right. so they can't just pull it and pull, put it in their own right platform. But yeah, for me the things that i want to see uh echoing mark i definitely want to see heroes for hire with a more mature danny but i think luke is a decent mentor for that and i think that luke could be a really strong figure for danny to 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 bring him up to sort of help him to see life from the other side and so i think that that would be um good because i liked all their interactions in this series, uh, series Another thing that I want to see, I'm not sure that I want to see a lot of new characters introduced to get their own series because they're struggling as it is to produce the five that they have, or six technically if you count the Defenders as a separate series, in a timely manner. So I'd like at least like to see them do those more regularly, but certainly not just Moon Knight, they need to look ahead to the fact that eventually all these actors are going to get long in the tooth and they'll want to move on, so develop as many different street-level characters as you can, and there are plenty of characters to choose from. I mean, throughout all of time of Marvel, too, I mean, you could even throw in characters that aren't going to be touched by other properties, like, uh, even though they're doing a new Warrior show, it's not going to have Night Thrasher. You know, so you could have Night Thrasher. Throw
0: some Taskmaster in there? Yeah,
2: I mean, you can have... (laughs) I mean, we talked about uh, Johnny Blaze, we talked about Moon Knight. You know, there's... There's, you know, a dozen or more um, characters. You could have uh, the second version of Nomad. You could have all the... Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a ton of characters. <laughs> I'm blanking on them now because it's late at night.
0: But anyway. Hey, <laughs> throw some Cloak and Dagger in there? Uh, well, they're already yeah, doing they're a show. Nonsense. Yeah, they're good. No, I, oh, I, I would have said Cloak nice. and Dagger. Oh my
2: god, yes. They're one of my favorites also.
0: I did not know that, Yeah, but now I'm happy. On free form. Um, it's...
2: <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So so I'm a little I'm a little hesitant. I wish Cloak and Dagger was coming to Netflix because I'd be a lot more confident about it.
3: But there is a trailer out there. Go find it. It's you know, it looks intriguing. It's not you know, Yeah, it doesn't look like Cloak and Dagger, but you <laughs> no, know it, it looks doesn't. intriguing. Right, podcast <laughs> over. I have interneting to do.
2: Right. <laughs> third thing, yeah, develop the supporting characters and the ones that have Uh, You know, both the ones that have comic stuff behind them, like Trish, and like Colleen and Misty, but also develop your new characters, too. Um, You know, do stuff with them, you know, surprise us. Like I said, I like the fact that even if you're steeped in the comics lore, this stuff is all new. So, you know, continue doing that as well. So, we'll see how it goes i'm looking forward to it because so far like we've already said even the worst of these netflix shows hasn't been unwatchably awful that's pretty good when you consider what the hell dc has been going through so <laughs> right <laughs> well, i mean and i'm going back before that's even talk about that <laughs> well and i'm going back even before this dceu i mean mark brought up catwoman so you know, i mean dc's been struggling between tv and movies for a while with a lot of hits but a lot of misses too
0: oh, pretty much everything after uh batman returns
2: yeah yeah so anyway that's, that's pretty much it yeah I, I i sat through steel in the movie theater so you know I've... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> i i have I the battle scars yeah you know? <laughs> But anyway. hey, I thought
0: that was direct to, like, beta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: it didn't even get a VHS. It was just beta.
0: <sighs> <sighs> All
2: right. So <laughs> we've been going a little long here, but uh, now it's time to um, say goodbye and let people know where they can find you. So, Mark, why don't we start with you? Okay.
4: Goodbye. You can find me on gentlemanurge com, and I am available on the Twitter and uh, also at uh, my my blog uh,
2: post Mark the Aging Hipster. All right, and Ryan, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
3: Well, as usual, I will never say goodbye to the internet, or you know, I will say goodbye to you people though. <laughs> um, so goodbye, uh, internet. However, you can find me uh, on uh, geekstranger.com, where I update quarterly.
2: He's not you lying. Can
3: find me on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me at GeeksRanger on twitter and from there you can find me on facebook or you can you know probably find me on these fine people's uh social media where i'll be telling them how wrong they are about things and i'm never wrong that he will
2: no no he'll tell you always right. he'll tell you you're wrong whether you're wrong or not that's just ryan's <laughs> way but you
1: are <laughs> something, something
2: <laughs> <be wrong> <laughs> All right, Angie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
1: All right. I am signing off, hopefully for the last time, from the basement. And actually, you know what? If you're going to be in Salt Lake in a couple of weeks at Salt Comic Con, you can find me with the 14-month-old Danny Rand. Swarm Protector of Kudlin. A
2: little more (laughs) mature than the regular Danny Rand.
1: Yes. He does have the crazy (laughs) curls, though.
2: Anthony, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you, if anywhere.
0: All right. uh, Goodbye. You can usually find me in my basement, the liquor store, or the pizza place. (laughs) I have a Twitter that I barely use. And, yeah, that's
2: about it. And you can find him on episodes of He-Man. Yep, yeah. every so often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then
3: a fabulous, fabulous episode. Right, exactly. <laughs> All
2: right, well, thank you guys for being on the show. Our pleasure. Oh, you're
0: welcome. Thank <laughs> you.
2: And that's the end of our Defenders podcast. I hope you liked what we did this week, and let us know what you thought of the topic, what you thought of our guests what you would like to hear us talk about in the future. And you can do that in a number of ways, one of which is to visit our website at 42cast.com and leave a comment on one of our episodes. You can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast, or you can tweet to us at at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And I just want to give an aside like I normally do. Please give us more reviews. I have a few on both of those platforms, but it would be really nice if I got a few more reviews because I really want to hear some feedback. Um, You can also email us at everything at 42cast.com. Again, would like to hear feedback from any source, but uh, reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes would help other people find the podcast, and so I'd really appreciate that as well, just kind of boost the podcast and maybe get us a few more listeners. I also would like to plug the ESO Patreon, although I still don't have an episode up yet, (laughs) but hopefully uh, that will change very soon, so check out the ESO Patreon, it is a way of keeping the ESO network running, and so that's good for all the podcasts on the network, so please do what you can we're of course coming up on the fall television season when a lot of shows will be coming back so the next few episodes of the 42 cast will deal with the previous seasons of those shows to sort of help people catch back up on the show and let you know what we thought about them so I hope that you look forward to that but after that um, we'll go back to rotating to different kinds of media uh, so that we're not just uh, talking about TV shows but uh, for the next few weeks I think the next six weeks they will all be TV based podcasts well that's it for this week but please join us back next week when Amy Acker will not be joining us and until then this is Nathan signing off You've been listening to The 42 Cast, copyright 2018. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK.